Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us today. Uh, I have a couple of quick announcements. The first announcement is we, uh, our missions team has a focus this month on Stripland Elementary. Uh, and on Thursday, uh, the 13th and the 20th, so the next two Thursdays, we are collecting hand sanitizer refillable bottles, uh, pump hand soap, and here's the good one disinfectant wipes. If you can find those, you get a prize. I mean, that's hard to find. So, um, and we also are collecting for uh, financial donations for the teacher of the month, because we want to celebrate those every month as well. So you can donate to that. Um, that's all for Stripland Elementary. Those drop-offs are, can be made uh, those Thursdays, the next two Thursdays, from 11 to 1 at the Chestnut Street entrance. Here's a really exciting announcement. Pastor Sam's been working out, getting ready for this one. This is the Social Distancing Olympics for youth. Uh, We're going to be outside at 6 p.m. It's going to be with Christ Central Youth. And uh, all the games, all activities are going to be um, outdoors where everybody has their own space. But these games are going to be great. Social Distancing, social distancing Olympics for youth. You don't want to miss it. Um, and Sunday School. We have virtual options for Sunday School. You want to join one of those? Pastor Sam, I hear that you have a pretty awesome Bible study on Wednesdays. Is that true? Everybody seems to love it. Um, There's lots of ways to stay connected here at Gadsden First Methodist Church. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that this beautiful Sunday morning we can gather together and worship. Uh, We're thankful for technology. We're thankful that we are able to still meet together. Uh, We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we worship from home, if you have your hymnal, you can sing with us hymn number 89, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
Would you join us from home uh, in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning, and I want to say how happy I am that you're joining us to worship online today at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. We are grateful that of all the things you are doing right now, you've chosen to worship with us. And whether you're live with us right now or whether you're watching this later on in the day or even later on in the week, we're glad that you're choosing to be connected to us in this way. Um, Pastor Andy and I were just talking yesterday about one thing that we have learned throughout all of these last five months with the pandemic and everything, one thing that we have been reminded of is that the church is not the building, the church is the people of God. And the people of God here in Gadsden First United Methodist Church are continuing to worship together and be connected that way. Um, we are continuing to serve God in missions. Uh, Pastor Andy just reminded us a little bit ago of what our missions emphasis is for the month of August. We're going to be uh, helping our, our school that we have adopted that's so close by us, Stripland Elementary School. We love those students. We love those teachers and, and the administration and everything. Principal Ash is going to be here next Sunday, and he's going to talk about what's going on at Stripland Elementary. So if you can help by bringing hand sanitizer uh, or our sanitary wipes and, and all of those things, if you can help, help. But we're continuing to be in mission. We're also continuing to be in discipleship. So we're continuing to be in church. That's what the church looks like. We also need your support. So we continue to need you to, to be supportive of your church with your tithes and offerings. And we are good stewards of everything that you provide. So go online, give. Uh, go, uh, go through the app and give. Uh, put your gift in the mail, and we will ask God to bless all of those tithes and offerings. Will you join me now as we pray uh, over our offering right now? God, you're so good to us, and you've blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, we ask now that you would pour your grace upon us yet again, because we need you so much. We need you and every way. We need you every hour. We need you, Lord, because we're carrying a heavy load right now, many of us. We are uncertain about uh, what's coming up, and we are afraid sometimes, and we have felt like we've taken it on the chin from all angles, Lord. So we need your healing. We need your mercy. We need strength and courage. We need comfort. And we, we are also concerned about our friends, Lord. Our, our friends are struggling right now. We see people who are, are just under a, a cloud of depression right now. And we, we see uh, leaders, community and state and national leaders that, that need wisdom and guidance more than ever and need courage to do the right thing more than ever, Lord. So we come to you and we trust you to meet the needs that we have, the deepest needs of our heart. We do uh, joyfully adore you as we sang just a few minutes ago. 
because through all of this, you are God and you are Lord of all creation. And we celebrate that. Help us to think about the good things that you've given us more than we think about the things that we're missing. And God, when we have uh, an awful stinky attitude, help us, Lord, to remember how good you are to us and how much you love us. God, um, the offerings that we're about to receive, we ask that you would bless the gift. We ask that you would bless the giver. And we ask, Lord, that you would teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Benny and JT for that that beautiful hymn and beautiful music. I am so appreciative of the music we have in this church. If you are too, then put something, type something in uh, on the comments on Facebook Live if you're joining us that way. 
and, and say how much you appreciate that. I want to say how appreciative I am of, of Pastor Andy and all of the other staff, uh, of Matthew and of Will and of Tammy and of Sheila and everybody who has worked to set up things uh, on the technical end so that we can do what we're doing right now. I, I'm grateful for the people that I get to work with. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor. We continue today with uh, the theme of reset. And we got to wondering, have you ever wanted to just be able to push a reset button? I think several of us would like to push a reset button for the whole month of August. But that's what we're talking about. Or, or maybe the whole year of 2020, we'd like to hit a reset button for the whole year. Uh, that's what we're talking about in August is reset. Last week, Pastor Andy talk about, uh, talked about us resetting our priorities and that's so important. Have you been working on your homework that he told you about uh, last week? I hope that you have. We're all a work in progress, and we're all a work in progress about what I'm going to talk about today, and that is the reset of forgiveness. I'm going to be sharing one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 37, just a part of this story, it's a long story, but from Genesis chapter 37 from verses 1 through 4 and then verses 12 through 28. Follow along with me at home if you want to or just listen. Genesis chapter 37. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers he was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to his father. Um, now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves, the, the robe that we know as the coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. And picking up in verse 12. Now his brothers went to the pasture of their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to them, uh, go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock. Bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, what are you seeking? He said, I am seeking my brothers. Tell me, please, where they are uh, pasturing the flock. The man said, they have gone away. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let's not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into the pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to the, his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he had worn. And they took him and threw him in a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on the way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brothers and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they 
drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know if you have noticed on the way back from the beach, if you're coming up I-65, when you get to, uh, get to this place on I-65, there's these two big lakes with two big water wheels and everything, and there's this huge billboard. And on the billboard is a, a red devil with horns and a pointy tail, and he's carrying, I don't know if you can see this, he's carrying one of those grim reaper Siths, and he says, go to church or the devil will get you. Have y'all seen that one? I mean, you can hardly, it's, it's like a landmark. I don't know if you've seen that one before. Uh, if you have, then let me know you've seen it in the comments. And so, and then, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but there's a guy that stands at the corner of Megan and George Wallace, and he'll get out in the, out beside the road, and he's got these posters, like cue cards or something, and it'll say things like, uh, repent, and then he'll, he'll show them to you, you stop at the red light there, he's, he's showing you, and, and then it'll be like, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and he has different ones that he shows. Sometimes he stands down at, at the corner of Rainbow Drive in 77, but he stands and just like flips those cards and those signs. It's almost like we want you to know if you're coming to the state of Alabama, we want you to be sure to know that you are a great big sinner. And you are. And I am. And we all are. But here's the thing. That's not the end of the story. That's not even the best part of the story. That's not even what we really want to emphasize. We want to instead look at the best part of the story when we when we do uh, our most important creed that our most historic important creed that we do we did just a few minutes ago pastor andy led us in the apostles creed when we say what we believe here's what we say we say we believe in jesus christ who is our savior who is god's only son our lord we believe that he was crucified, dead, and buried, and the third day he rose from the grave. And then we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, which is just the church universal, the church around the world. And then we say this, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. We confess that. And so why do we confess in our Apostles' Creed that we believe in the forgiveness of sins without making a big deal of that we know that we're sinners? Because at some point, I think most all of us know that we're sinners. Most all of us know that we uh, have sinned against God and against each other. But the most important part is that there is a cure for sin. And the cure for sin is the reset of forgiveness that is the best good news you're going to hear today or any day. And that's foundational to our, our Christian faith is forgiveness. Forgiveness. So forgiveness is good news, but it's only good news if we need it. So let's begin there. Who needs forgiveness anyway? Well, here we can go back to this sign that the, like the dude that that stands on the corner holds up for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God okay who has sinned all <laughs> who falls short of the glory of God all and at this point all means all right we all need forgiveness but what does it mean to say that we have sinned that's important to understand in the New Testament there's a word that is used most often when talking about sin and it's the Greek word harmartia and it means it's an archery term really and it means missing the mark so if you can picture someone shooting a bow and arrow at a target and uh, you shoot the bow and arrow your arrow goes out and it falls short of the target that you're aiming at that's the picture in the New Testament 
for sin. So that's something really important. There's a foundational truth there. And one of them is that there is, in fact, a target to shoot at. That God does have a will for our lives. That God does have a glorious purpose for our life, for your life and for my life. It is the mark, right? It's the mark that God has set for us. God's best for us. God's glorious best for us that he created us to be. And we, sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally, fall short of that mark. And when we fall short of that mark, when we miss the mark, that's sin. Now, we could take some time this morning and we could talk about your and my uh, individual sins. So, you go first. Tell me all about your sins. We'll put it all on Facebook. I'm just kidding. No, uh, some people do that anyway, right? Uh, some people make a reality show out of all that. I don't know. So, fall in, just coming short of, of naming all of our sins, let's just make it simple and turn to the Ten Commandments. We know that having other gods before God, uh, practicing idolatry, we know that that's a sin. We know that, that taking God's name in vain, not giving God's name the glory it's due, uh, using it casually, we know that that's sin. We know that not keeping the Sabbath, failing to keep the Sabbath holy, we know that that's sin. We know that failing to honor our parents Failing to honor our parents is a sin. And we know that murdering people, we know that stealing from people, we know that those are sins. We know committing adultery is a sin. We know that bearing false witness, that lying is a sin. And we know that coveting other people's possessions, that that's a sin. And that's just the Ten Commandments. There, there are so many other things in scriptures that we could name. So many other ways... That by thought, by word, and by deed, by things that we have done, and by things that we have left undone. That's what the, the old communion liturgy used to say. That we have sinned by thought, by word, and by deed. We have sinned by what we've done, and we've sinned by, left, by what we've left undone. James 4.17 says, if anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So any way we slice it, any way we slice it, we fall short of God's best for us, what God intended for us. So everybody needs forgiveness. Everybody needs forgiveness. So right now, if you can't do anything else today, it, maybe you're having a bad day or maybe you've had a, I don't know, a bad year. But if you can't do anything else, if everything else is going crazy in your life, Hold on to this really, really tight. That you are utterly loved, deeply loved, and completely forgiven by God. That's what God offers you, and that's what God offers for me, forgiveness. Everybody needs that reset. So hold on to that. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. So we need to receive that. And then we need to give it. That's the way this reset thing works. About receiving it, forgiveness, and giving it. And here's who we need to, to forgive. Do you know that sometimes we just need to forgive God? Now, before you think that Pastor Sam has gone off his rocker or I'm a heretic or something like that, let me tell you what I mean. I don't mean that God has sinned against you, and I don't mean that God is asking you for forgiveness. What I mean is sometimes we get so mad at God that we pout and we hold a grudge against God and we really just kind of give God the cold shoulder for a while. One of my, uh, one of my movies that I like a lot is was made 20 something years ago it's an old sci-fi movie called independence day you ever seen that one 
it was made, it's got, it's got Bill Pullman in there, it's got Will Smith in there, and Jeff Goldblum, and Judd Hirsch, and a bunch of other good actors. And, but the plot of the movie is basically there's this big alien mothership that comes and starts orbiting around Earth and starts sending out these smaller flying saucers that, that take over major cities around the world. And um, Bill Pullman plays the president of the United States. And then Jeff Goldblum plays this scientist who is uh, an expert in, in signals and things. And he starts picking up this signal from the alien spaceships. And he kind of learns that this signal that he's hearing is a countdown clock to the big attack, right? And he goes and he has to try to convince the president and the military and everybody that this big countdown is coming and this attack is imminent. And Judd Hirsch, the, the old guy that used to be on Taxi, if you're old enough to remember Taxi. So Judd Hirsch is kind of like the stereotypical uh, television Jewish dad. And he and Jeff Goldblum are thrown together because of all of this. And Judd Hirsch really doesn't know what to do, and he's, he's getting in arguments with his son. And finally, Jeff Goldblum says to his dad, why don't you just go pray? Because he knows his dad has always been a person of faith. And here's what Judd Hirsch says, his character on Independence Day. He tells his son, I haven't spoken to God since your mother died. I haven't spoken to God since your mother died. I mean, can you, can you feel that? Are you, are you feel, have you felt that before? Where you've just been mad at God when something's happened and you don't know why? When, when something terrible has happened to somebody you love or to yourself and you didn't get the answer that you wanted when you prayed and you just get mad at God and you just, I don't know, you just quit talking to him. That's what I mean when I, when I say we've got to forgive God because... Listen, when, when it gets right down to it, we're, we're just human beings. There's so many things that we don't understand. Uh, there's so many deep mysteries of life we, we may never understand. But we've got to some point come back to the, to the trust level that we have, knowing that if, even if we don't understand what's going on, that God is good and that God loves us and that God's has his best intention and his, his glorious purpose for our life, sooner or later, we've got to quit giving God the cold shoulder and trust God that God is love and that God loves us. We've got to forgive God in that way. And then we've got to forgive ourselves. Okay, I know that you know that that's true. I know that you know that we have got to forgive ourselves. But it's hard because we know, we, we know ourselves, we know that we really mess up. We know that we, we mess things up between us and God. We know that we mess things up between us and each other, the people that we love the most. We know how we are. Uh, and it's hard to forgive ourselves. There's a comic strip that I like um, that you see in the newspapers. It's called For Better or Worse. And do you read the funny papers? I do. Um, so in this, for better or worse, this one comic strip on this one day, it had uh, the teenage son's name was Michael. And he has a little brother named, a little sister named Lizzie. And Michael and Lizzie are fighting, right, like brothers and sisters do. And Lizzie's in Michael's room. And Michael says to Lizzie, get out of my room. And they're arguing. he says, get out and stay out. And he pushes Lizzie out the door and he slams the door. Does that ever happen at your house? Okay. If you have kids, it does. So he shoves her out, slams the door. But when he slams the door, he slams it on Lizzie's finger. And now she's hurt. And then the next frame you see Michael and Lizzie and mom going to the ER and Lizzie gets x-rayed and her finger's broken, right? And so they set her finger in a splint and then on the way back home you can tell she's got tears in her eyes, she's hurting. And you can tell that her brother Michael is hurting and he feels awful about it and he looks at her and he says, I'm sorry Lizzie. 
And she said, it's okay. My finger won't hurt forever. But then you see the little thought bubble where Michael thinks to himself, your finger won't hurt forever. But my memory will. So let me ask you this morning, is your memory still hurting? The memory of what you did to hurt somebody else? The memory of what you did that you just can't forgive yourself over? Is that still swirling around in your mind? Is it playing in like some kind of endless loop in your mind? I've had some people come up to me before and they've just said to me, Pastor, I just can't forgive myself. I, I just did something so awful, I just can't forgive myself. And I might ask them, I'd say, well, do you believe that God has forgiven you? And mostly, mostly they'll answer yes. And I'll say, well, then let me ask you this. Is God wiser than you? Well, they would say, of course. And I would say, well, is God the only one who really is in a position to judge you or anybody else for that matter? And they would say yes. And I would say, well, then if the only wise judge has forgiven you, then what makes you think you shouldn't forgive yourself? In the prayer that we prayed just a few minutes ago, the Lord's Prayer, we prayed, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, what if the trespassing against us is, includes forgiving ourselves? Because it does. You see, because I don't really think we can forgive other people until we can also forgive ourselves. It's sort of like when we say, love your neighbor as yourself, it implies that you have to love yourself too. Because I don't think you really can love your neighbor if you can't love yourself. It's all connected. It's all connected. Receiving that forgiveness and then giving it even to yourself. You might already be thinking... You know, this is hard. As a matter of fact, it's so hard that I'm going to need God's help if I'm going to do it. And if you're thinking that, then you're right on track. And if you think that you're going to need help with what I've said so far, well, then you're really going to need help from here on out because now we've got to forgive others. We've got to forgive even people that hurt us really bad. Again, we know this. If, if I were to send out a little survey, every one of you would say, you know this. You know you've got to forgive other people. But then this little voice in our head says, but they hurt me so badly. They hurt me. Our scripture today, the story in the Old Testament. This is why this is one of the greatest stories ever. This is why, did you know that, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 30-something years ago, um, there was a, a Broadway play called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Have y'all seen that one? Joseph and the Amazing... It's, it's great. It was a great Broadway show. I mean, Donny Osmond played Joseph for, for several years. It's, if you ever have a chance to see, it's a great musical. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You know what to me is more amazing than Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream coat? It's that Joseph was able to forgive his brothers after all they did to him. After all they did to him, Joseph forgave his brothers. Now, let's talk about his family. There is no other way to say this except that Joseph had a really, really dysfunctional family. Um, his dad, Jacob, was a real piece of work. His dad um, had all of these sons by these different wives. And he loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And he wasn't even subtle about it. Okay? He, in fact, he flaunted it. He flaunted that Joseph was his favorite by making him a coat of many colors and... Uh, I can just picture the day he gave him that coat of many colors. He was like, Joseph, my son, here is this beautiful coat. Here it is for you. And looking at the other sons, it's like, you guys go take care of the sheep 
I don't know. You know, I, I, can you see how they would resent Joseph? Wasn't Joseph's fault? And, and on top of that, oh my goodness, the dreams. Joseph, now, he did maybe show a little bit of lack of, of wisdom here, but he had these dreams, and I can picture them at the breakfast table, and he was saying, hey, you know, I had the strangest dream last night. I dreamed that we were in the field, and we, were, we all had these sheaves of grain, and your sheaves of grain bowed down to my sheaf of grain. Isn't that crazy? And they were just like, oh, I can't stand this guy. And on top of all that, listen, Jacob, the dad, used Joseph to, I don't know how else to say this, spy on his brothers to check up on them, to make sure they were doing what they were supposed to. So his brothers would be out in the hot field working, taking care of the sheep. And Joseph would come and he would check up on them, right? And then he would run back and he would tell dad the report. I can't believe Jacob put him in that position. Now look, I'm not saying what his brothers did was justified in any way. But I certainly can see how they would be jealous of him and resent him. Can't you? But they let their hatred and their resentment fester up so that they did something terrible. Um, they were out taking care of the sheep and Joseph was coming to see about them. And they saw him coming and they said, hey, let's just kill him. Let's just kill him and throw him in a pit or an empty cistern. And one of the brothers, Reuben, he, he had a little bit more sense. And he said, look, that's taking it a little bit too far. Wait a minute, let's, let's don't kill him. We can throw him in a pit, okay? But let's not go so far as to kill him. And he had intended to come back later and help him out of the pit and get him back to dad. So the brothers pounced on him and beat him up and stripped off his coat of many colors and threw him into a pit. And then they sat down and ate lunch. I guess nothing works up an appetite like beating up your brother and throwing him into a pit. But they were sitting there eating lunch and along comes a caravan of Ishmaelites and one of the brothers, Judah, gets this idea and he says, I know what we can do. Instead of killing him, will sell him into the slavery. After all, he is our own flesh and blood. Oh my goodness. If you don't roll your eyes at this point, then you're really not getting this story. He's our own flesh and blood, so we'll just sell him, right? So that's what they did. They sold him to this passing caravan that was headed to Egypt. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And the Ishmaelite traders take him to Egypt and they sell him to one of Pharaoh's officials, Potiphar. And they take Joseph's robe, his brothers take Joseph's coat of many colors and they dip it into some blood of a goat that they'd killed. And they take that back and they give it to Jacob and they say, here, father, look, a wild animal has killed Joseph. They tell their dad that Joseph's dead, knowing, knowing that it's going to crush their father, crush him with grief. And speaking of crushes, back to Egypt, Potiphar's household, Joseph is a slave in Potiphar's household. Potiphar's wife has a crush on Joseph, and she really comes on to him. And he refuses her advances. And she comes on to him again and again. And she is so insistent that at one point he has to just run away. And as he's running away, she grabs his robe. And he runs completely out of his robe and leaves her standing there holding his robe. And she is angry. And she's humiliated. And she just can't handle this. And so she starts screaming for the guards. And the guards come running, and she holds up jo Joseph's robe, and she says, look what this Hebrew slave has done to me. He has insulted my integrity, and he has come on to me, and I have had to refuse him. 
I can't believe it. And she pours it on. And Potiphar, of course, believes his wife. And Joseph is thrown into prison. He's down. And so just picture Joseph down in the dungeon. And he's got chains on. And he's been beaten and betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery. Now he's been falsely accused by this woman who was coming on to him. And now he's in prison in a dungeon. How could anybody ever expect the end of that story to be forgiveness? Revenge? Maybe. That's what we would want to do. We'd want to break out of that prison like, I don't know, like Ram, a combination of Rambo and the Terminator. And we would want to go and get revenge on everybody who had hurt us. But forgiveness... Forgiveness is the end of the story. You, this is kind of a spoiler if you've never read this story. Because Joseph ends up not only forgiving his brothers, but saving his entire family from starvation during the famine. And bringing them to live next to him in the land of Goshen. Their whole family is reconciled and reset Their relations are reset because of forgiveness. How could he do that? How could he do it? The key, I think, is found in Genesis 39, 21. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him his steadfast love. All that time he was in prison and in chains, the Lord had not abandoned him. The Lord was with him that whole time with his steadfast love. You know, you know and I know that if we're going to forgive like we ought to forgive, we've got to have God's help. And God gives us his steadfast love. That's the only way we can have the reset of reconciliation. God does that. He does it for us. Many years ago, uh, there was this horrible system. And if you remember this in history, if not, you need to know about it. But there was a terrible system in South Africa known as apartheid. And apartheid was this, this system of governing where a, a handful of, of white citizens um, had all of the power and all of the control. And the majority of people in South Africa, the majority blacks, could not vote. They couldn't, had no voice. Uh, if they spoke up in protest, they were beaten. And they were uh, sometimes they would just disappear in the middle of the night. And people never saw them again. And sometimes they were thrown into prison for speaking out against this terrible system. One of the people that was thrown in prison was Nelson Mandela. And Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years. 27 years because he spoke out against this system of apartheid. And so for 27 years he missed all of those things that we take for granted he missed all of those milestones of his children he missed his mother's funeral he missed the funerals of one of his children he missed all of that he had his freedom taken away from him how easy would it have been for him to be filled with resentment and hatred but he wrote letters while he was in prison like much like the apostle Paul did he wrote letters and in one of his letters he wrote these words resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies isn't that true don't we know instinctively that that's true don't we know from hard experience sometimes that that's true that resentment will eat us up well Nelson Mandela did live to get out of prison and he did live to To see the end of apartheid. And as a matter of fact, he would rise to become the first black president of South Africa. Going from prison to president. So now he's president. And now he has the authority to do whatever he wants to. To these people who have hurt him. And what did he do? What did he do? Did he line all of his enemies up in front of the firing squad and have them executed? No. Did he take the people that had hurt him and throw them into the same prison that he had just gotten out of? No, he didn't do that. 
Instead, in his inauguration speech, he proclaimed not a day of revenge, but he proclaimed a national holiday, a national day of reconciliation. Here's what he said about reconciliation. He said, reconciliation does not mean forgetting or trying to bury the pain or conflict, but working together to correct the legacy of past injustice. He forgave. I want to tell you, that is a wonder to me. That, that, that's a wonder. That's, that's why he won the Nobel Peace Prize, for heaven's sake. Reconciliation, forgiveness. How could he do that? How could he do that? Going back to Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him his steadfast love, even while he was in prison. And the Lord was with Nelson Mandela and showed him steadfast love, even while he was in prison. And they forgave. They forgave. And we must forgive too. We just got to. And you know why? Because we want it to be well with our souls. A hymn that so many love, and I love it too. It is well with my soul. I'm going to read one of the verses of this hymn to you. I'll bet you can sing it to yourself. I'm going to read it to you. It says, My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And then the chorus. It is well with my soul. That's the reset of forgiveness. That's where we want to be. That's where we can be. Let's pray. Lord, as important as forgiveness is, it sometimes seems like an impossible task when we're hurt so deeply. It sometimes feels impossible to receive the way that we need to receive it because we don't even know if you can forgive some of the things that we've done, but you are full of mercy. And we confess that we believe that you can forgive us to the uttermost and that you love us completely. So help us, Lord, to forgive those who have trespassed against us just like that so that we can receive the reset of forgiveness and reconciliation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, our closing hymn is, a, is another great old hymn that I love. It is nothing but the blood because that is what washes away our sin. 362, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing along with us at home.
And now, as God's forgiven children, let us go forth in freedom, knowing that God has forgiven us to the uttermost and that we can forgive others because of God's steadfast love. In Jesus' name, amen.